Welcome. In this episode, Dr. Garcia continues to share through the Alessi Group Facebook Live page on the NAYC theme days for the week of the young child. She shares about the significance of real food experiences in celebration of Tasty Tuesday for early childhood programs. She also talks about how food experiences create opportunities for language and math development, amongst many other skills, while also sharing a past experience connecting with families through food in her past work. You're listening to the Early Foundations Podcast with Dr. Isela Garcia from Alessi Group. Hi, everyone. Okay, so I just did a video and there was no sound because my microphone was off. So my microphone is on, which means now I um, have to do Tasty Tuesday again. Uh, Week of the Young Child uh, through the National Association for the Education of Young Children. This is day two, Tasty Tuesday. It is a national celebration of the young child. It is the opportunity to um, really engage your uh, your your families, your communities um, in this celebration excuse me, for young children. And so Tasty Tuesday, let's talk about food experiences. Okay. And I'm trying to make these mini sessions because I can ramble on and on and on and on. So Tasty Tuesday. Okay. So food experiences in the classroom. I want to start off by saying, yes, I know that there are rules around what you can do and cannot do in the classroom. And the rules have changed pretty significantly since I was a classroom teacher. So if you are part of Quality First or you have rules in your school district that you can't have this and you can't have heating elements and you can't have, you can't do cooking experiences. I will tell you that one of the saddest things that I have heard is that children can't do group cooking experiences Okay, hopefully someone is not telling me that you can't be heard. Okay, so um, the the um, that children can't have group cooking experiences. I just can't believe that. Um, that I went into a classroom and it wasn't too long ago. Children all had to have gloves on to do a cooking experience, and I was like, these kiddos are barely like being able to handle their fine motor skills. I mean, how do they do that with gloves on their hands? Um, those food service gloves. And so here's my solution to this problem. Back in the day when I was a classroom teacher, there was this book called Cup Cooking. And I don't know if it's available anymore, but it's a little tiny book. And they have these little rebus charts. If you've been in the field for as long as I have, rebus charts are um, basically a a, um, drawn uh, uh, sort of recipe. Um, that we create and we did it on large pieces of paper. We did it on, and in the cup cooking, you would just literally make a copy of it. And it's basically the instructions of how to make their own thing. So if you're doing fruit salad, for example, you might have um, combinations of fruits and it would say a half a banana, cut it into maybe six little slices. And so you give them a butter knife and I do let kids use knives. Um, I know that freaks some folks out, but I will tell you that when you give children real tools, they see themselves it, like to do an adult experience like cooking and they get real tools. Something really amazing happens inside of them. They're all of a sudden empowered. It's just like giving children real hammers and real saws and real types of experiences. There's something pretty remarkable that happens. Um, 
So, but I, you know, there's close supervision. So I'm not like letting them play, you know, with the knives, like as though they're swords. Um, there's a very intended purpose and I help them explicitly learn how to use the, the um, knives. And so they take a half a banana, they cut it, let's say into six little um, pieces, and then maybe a half a cup of, um, I don't know, pineapple. And so it will tell them explicitly, this is what you do next. And it'll even say stir. And so these are all pictures that children can read. Um, um, pictures and words. And so children go through the experience and make their own fruit salad. So that's a very easy way to incorporate food experiences in the classroom. Why would we do that? Well, because there's opportunities for language and for measurement in math, which is math. And then there's the opportunity for questions to happen, like, which did you prefer? Did you like the pineapple in there? And why not? Um, one of the things that I used to do, this, it was what happened many years ago. I used to work for the Department of Defense overseas. I was a teacher overseas. And um, I had children from all over the world. And because in the military, folks from all over the world can serve in our military. And so we had a family. And because of that, we invited families out all the time um, to share about their, their ethnic backgrounds, their culture, their traditions. Um, and so it was, it was just sort of an open experience for everyone to bring in um, a story, the story of who they are. So one particular family brought, I forget what it was, maybe it was naan, um, which is a type of bread. And so Maybe it was that, but what happened from it is what well, was a really rich conversation about the different types of sort of breads we eat. And we had a group of children that were from Mexico. The fam families were from Mexico. And so they were talking about tortillas and the difference between corn tortillas and flour tortillas and that they were more accustomed to eating corn tortillas. And so that led into the opportunities for the parents to come in and to do those food experiences. So then that rolled in to making bread because most of the children when we talked about just loaves of bread they were like you get it at the grocery store at the commissary and I was like well but before it gets there it comes from somewhere and so we really started to investigate bread and so we read Ann Morris's book bread 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 and I brought my bread maker in and every few days we found a new recipe and this was before the internet days so like I literally went around to teachers and say hey I'm not an expert at bread how do you have a recipe for bread for parents. And so um, we would make different breads and then we would taste them. And of course, of course, I, I know if you've got gluten kids, don't do this. If you've got kids that have some sensitivities to wheat, don't do this. You don't want to exclude a child. So you have to be very sensitive to that. But, you know, in those days and, and that time, that was a very different experience to have a gluten sensitivity. That wasn't, um, that didn't happen as frequently as it does now. Um, maybe it was just because we didn't know enough. Um, but we would make bread every few days and then we would talk about which one was your favorite and why. Um, we talked about different textures because some were chewier than others. And so the opportunity for lots of language and math just is sort of embedded in the experience. And so be creative. Creative. Think about how you can incorporate food experiences in the classroom.
room. Uh, you can do it as young as, you know, one and two years of age, all the way up to, you know, first, second and, and beyond. The, you know, food experience is something I actually, I'm going to tell you a story. I, there is a teacher that um, I worked with in uh, for, for Dodds overseas, and she is like an amazing, an amazing um, cook. And she, I believe, has third graders now, but at the time had fourth graders. And she would do a whole cooking club. And children were so engaged in the experience of cooking. Uh, And again, not only is it the process of doing a very adult experience, there's something pretty incredible that happens in that end result. I don't know if you've ever made something that you're proud of or that you can't believe you actually made and it tasted good. Children have that same sense of pride when they reach that, um, that sense of completion. Um, and to be able to share that together. So one of the great things that we used to do is not only would we make bread, but we would make butter. And so we would take, um, we would take the baby food jars and put um, whipping cream and we would just shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it and create butter. And then we would sit together and we would set the table with with um, a tablecloth and flowers and we would sit and have bread and butter together and have a beautiful little conversation. So there's so many amazing things that can happen from this. Um, if you are in kindergarten or older grades and somebody comes in and says, why are you doing this? This is a waste of time, the response, you have to be able to come back and say, we are, there are opportunities for language that's happening here, opportunities for fine motor development, there's opportunities for math, and you have to be able to give very specific examples of ways that um, really support your decision to incorporate these types of experiences in the classroom. Okay, so hi, Joseph. I miss you. I I miss seeing you. Um, Sounds like it was a way to create a space where children and adults alike could contribute with excitement. I could just imagine conversations about yeast and rising and all. You know, that whole experience of yeast sort of being alive is very fascinating for children and difficult for them to comprehend. Um, We had a packet of yeast that didn't um, foam up. And we talked about why could, why is that? That over time, what happens to it? Now I think about if I was a classroom teacher today with the internet, Oh my goodness, I would just have such, because information is right there. Um, What would happen when I was a teacher was children would ask questions and I'm like, I'm not sure, we have to find the answer. So I would have to go to the library. I would still do this quite honestly, but it would be where we would have to wait. And I would go to the library and we would find books and we would bring them into the classroom and we would research that. Um, Today, I would do a combination of those things. I would um, show children how to access the information online. That's an important use of technology as opposed to playing games, math games, but to find information. And then I would also go back and find um, resource books or books that we could use as resources for them to obtain their information. So it's such a rich cultural experience too. Um, But again, you have to, I get it. I don't want anyone to send me and say, well, we're not allowed to do this. I get, do what, what you are allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. When I was teaching, we did group types of cooking experiences. We would make monkey bread. I would take um, ideas or or experiences and figure out how can I divide it up so that each child would have the opportunity. Oh, let me tell you this very quickly. I think I'm going over time now. Um, Do not do the home shopping network or QVC. Please don't do that. And what I mean by that, it's, it's not your show. 
So if you are cooking with children, it's not children dumping something in the bowl and you're mixing it or that we are all watching two or three children make something. So if you're doing a cooking experience, every child has to have the opportunity to contribute and be an active part of the experience. So if there's only three or four ingredients, only three or four children can do that. And so what that means is then you need to make another batch. You need to do it again and again and again until nobody wants to do it. And so it's not the cooking show. And so you have to remember that because far too often I see children who are just sitting there watching and waiting. Is it my turn? Is it my turn? And if you're working with littles, so if you're working with like twos and threes and fours, they're really having a difficult time waiting for their turn. And so you've got to make sure you have a waiting list for children. So if they're, you know, only two or three or four ingredients that you're doing a group experience, then they have a waiting list so that they know they will be next and that they will have an opportunity. And you have to make for sure um, that you have make sure that you have the ingredients to be able to do it multiple times. Okay, so always remember that this is not QVC. Okay, so you're not showing them or having children watch. They have to be active members. Okay, all righty. So I think I went. Yep, I went over my time. I'm trying to keep these little uh, daily for this week, week of the young child, to uh, 10 and 11 minutes. I'm also going to jump on uh, once again just to share uh, a sort of a Facebook Live webinar that I'm going to be doing around. Um, really supporting children or belief systems around um, shifting the perspective of punitive approaches to more relationship-based approaches. So once I get a date as to when um, we're going to do that, I will jump back on and share that with everyone. So I hope everyone is having a good week. Bye.